Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? It was all over the place. Yeah, well, you grew up in New York. I didn't go to a lot of fairs. Yeah, you didn't go to the state fair. You didn't see fucking REO Speedwagon or BTO. I wish yeah. I did. All we had was hip-hop versions of the Looney Tunes on really, really long shirts. <laughs> That's disgusting. I don't know why they had all that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I remember hip-hop Looney Tunes. That's right. Hip-hop bugs. My father told me the country was going downhill. Uh, all right, so this is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel. We got Marcus Parks over there. Hey, hey. And then we got this guy here. Hi. I am numerological expert. I am numerological expert. Numerology. 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 I don't need to be good at saying the word because I'm good with numbers. And this is episode 222. And you know what that means? What? We're doing a good job. (laughs) What is the number 222 trying to tell you? It means you should... Taking forward action will result in something positive. Keep doing what you're doing. Continue along with your current line of thought and course of action. You're headed in the right direction. Yeah. And your current intention is aligned with your highest path and purpose. Kind of like when you're sitting down to write a manifesto before shooting up a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe for this episode, don't follow on your current path if you do want to go on a spree kill. All right. So today we're going to cover manifestos, a very interesting phenomenon that a lot of psychopaths, uh, it's, it's something they do. Absolutely. And create. That's that's what we're covering today. We're covering uh, killers, specifically free spree killers, who sent out manifestos either prior to their actions, during their actions, or after their actions. And today we're focusing on the manifestos themselves. Right. And these are my. These are really fun. Yeah. And not a fun thing. Not fun what they did. I mean, that's terrible. Right. Ooh. It is terrible. <laughs> it of is course, terrible. it is. And being we sarcastic and being yeah. satirical. Yeah, we yeah. all know that. Um, but it is, uh, the manifestos are, are amazing because you right. really get to hear from the horse's cock what <laughs> these killers believe they're doing, what their actual motives are. Like, we like to sit here and we talk, sure. when we go through heavy hitters and we talk about their motives and we kind of wonder and you piece things together, sometimes you get words from the killers, but that's normally after the fact that they've already right. been in prison for a while and they've he- they've calmed down a bit and they've got to think about their shit for a little bit. This is a manifest. A lot of these manifestos are written in the heat of the moment. Right. So you really get the, the, the brim and tea, the thick, yeah. the, the fat of the milk. Right. Um, but these manifestos are just the pure noosh. That's yeah. what I'll call it. The pure noosh Good. of noosh. the killer. Nice. So we're covering three different types of manifestos today. We're covering uh, the crazy, the reasonable, 
and the pathetic. And we're going to say always say reasonable. In quotes. In quotes. Yeah. <laughs> reasonable. Reasonable. We're going to start off with the pathetic killers. Now, these types of killers are the ones who publish manifestos revolving around their seemingly superhuman inability to get laid. Huh. Their constant complaining is focused mostly on social rejection rather than ideological problems with society at large. Uh, just one second. I have to start writing some things down. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm working on a... It's, it's a script. It's a script. I'm playing a character. Yes. <laughs> now, although Sung Cho... The the Virginia Tech killer definitely fits this category. Today, we'll be discussing a human being that is somehow even more repellent, Elliot Roger, a.k.a. the Virgin Killer. This Ugh. guy is a fucking human diaper. He is. <laughs> I wish that he was used as that, as that in prison. Yeah. What a mewling <laughs> child of a bastard <laughs> this kid is. Right. I can't believe it. He committed suicide, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Hell he's yeah. way done. Yeah, yeah, he's way done. So on May 23rd, 2014, in Isla Vista, California, Elliot Roger embarked on a killing spree that would end in the deaths of six and the severe mm. injury of 13. Halfway through his rampage, Roger emailed a 137-page manifesto to his parents, his two therapists, and about a dozen of his quote-unquote friends. You mean to tell me he didn't have a lot of friends, Marcus? <laughs> a dozen is a lot of friends. quote-unquote friends. Now think about how many friends you actually have. Eight. Like, I have eight <laughs> friends. Honestly, it's true. I think about it. With close friends, I have maybe six or seven. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Close but, friends, but these weren't. Yeah, let's just hear about one from one of these uh, friends. One of these quote-unquote close friends. This is a clip of them of this guy describing what it was like to be friends with Elliot Roger. Sometimes I don't want to hang out with him because he's so depressing. <laughs> I mean, but that's, that's just a friend. Yeah, it's a friend. That's true. A friend we, sticks by you no matter how much of a droning, broken clock you sound like. How long have we been friends with Holden McNeely from the Round Table of Gentlemen? He's, I mean, He makes dogs scared. <laughs> Um, but Elliot Roger is, of course, he's a he's a fucking piss bucket of a human being. And yes. so the, the people that we even hang around him is imagine this guy, Elliot Roger, is like the cool one of his friends. Right. And they're all still getting laid. He's literally just a friend. He was friends with a lot of exchange students, correct? Yeah, Chinese exchange students. Which, he lived with Chinese exchange students. That guy that was just talking was a Chinese exchange student. Uh, it was those guys and like his dad's friends. Mm. Yeah, and it's very strange. And it's like, and, and they're all getting laid. Right. And it's like his Chinese exchange students friends are like, I went to a geometry class today and I talked to young Emily Sue, and I will say, she is most delectable in the downstairs area. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a funny joke. Yes. I'm just going to get back to writing. Back to writing. <laughs> so the manifesto titled My Twisted World, the story of Elliot Roger, is an unbearable concentration of 21st century entitlement and perhaps the most disturbing that we'll cover today due to the sheer number of men who think exactly like him. The yeah. internet is filled with people like Elliot Rodgers. We talked about how, you know, technically the most masculine version of this was Leonard Blake and Charles Ng. It's like they, they took this cruelty to a much bigger level, a more uh, intense level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cruelty of women, you're saying, right? Yeah, well, yeah. this the, the entitlement, the view oh, that the women should be sure, toys. Sure. Yeah, women owe you something. So right. the entire manifesto revolves around his virginity, which he blames on the quote-unquote 
cruelness of women, among many other things, including his apparent inability to learn how to skateboard when he was 10. This is from his manifesto. I had been trying very hard to get better at skateboarding, but when I saw that there were boys a lot younger than me who could do more tricks, I realized that I sucked. I could never master the kickflip or heel flip. All I could do was the ollie jump and ride down a few ramps. I saw eight-year-old boys at the skate park who could do a kickflip with ease. It made me so angry. Why did I fail at everything Mm. I tried, I asked myself. My dreams of becoming a professional skateboarder were over. Better get back to writing. <laughs> back to writing, I go. <laughs> Women hiding their vaginal hair from me, and I feel betrayed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the first part of the Virgin Manifesto is a litany of complaints that start at the age of five, in which he repeatedly mentions the name of a childhood friend named Lucky Radley, who Roger said became an object of my extreme jealousy and hatred. A Lucky Radley is also when you eat a Carl's Jr. sandwich off a woman's butt. Ooh. Yeah, that's a Lucky Radley, too. Oh, I thought it's when you had a couple of onion rings at the bottom of a French fry container. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Lucky Bill. Oh. <laughs> uh, for Lucky Radley's part, he said in an interview after the attack that he, in fact, barely remembered Elliot Roger saying the Virgin only came over to his house a couple times and never gave more than a one-word answer to anything. I wonder... Uh, lucky if you would like some Zeppelis I got from the Italian fair. So you're like a closeted gay dude, right? No. <laughs> hmm. uh, Rogers wrote at 14, quote, Puberty utterly doomed my existence. I was finally interested in girls, but there was no way I could ever get them. And so my starvation began. Uh huh. So there is, you know, it's just I, I love the voice that you chose, by the way, because I think that is his inner monologue. Yeah, voice. Inner, that's what he thinks he sounds yes. like, but it's more like puberty utterly doomed my existence. <laughs> I mean, he does. I mean, he has the classic closeted uh, gay way of speaking of women. Yeah. There's a comedian here in New York City who everyone knows is gay, but he'll never come out. And I was hanging out with him one time at a bar, and he, uh, a, a pretty woman, walked by, and he looked at me and he said, "Oh, I bet you she has a nice pussy." And I'm like. <laughs> Straight guys don't. What are you talking about? What do you mean a nice pussy? I don't even know. What does nice pussy mean? She certainly knows how to pick a pair of heels. (laughs) Yes, that's very true. I'm sure. And Elliot, he kept using, uh, like he kept saying, these women kept rejecting my sexual advances. And then he said that he loves the word starvation, and he also loves the word magnificent. In one of his journal, in one of his video journals, he's like, how could women deny me? I'm magnificent. I have my Armani glasses. Mm. Look at how I look at them. I look magnificent. God. And my BMW is nicer than the other cars the other boys drive. I do have um, um, uh, just a hatred for his parents. I have to say. I mean, I, I know they're sort of victims in this. This but- dude should have been smeared on the highway <laughs> as a child. <laughs> 
Now, Roger said that all the boys his age were having sex at 14, which they fucking weren't. They definitely we weren't. We all know that kids lie about that type of shit all the time. Yeah. Like, what sorts of weird shit do kids say when y'all were 14? Like, oh, my God. I used to be like, I didn't have three pizzas last night. You yeah. know, and I would be like, yeah, I totally... Uh, I was like, I love watching porn. Ben, um, <laughs> ben, you have like a smiley of pepperonis on your chest. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't eat it. <laughs> mm. But Elliot, he believed all of this dumb bullshit that the kids were saying, and he hated them for it. This is what he wrote. That hatred would only fester the more I suffer from my sexual starvation. <sighs> These recent events caused me to withdraw even further away from the world. I've drowned all of my misery in my online games. (laughs) World of Warcraft was the only thing I had left to live for. (sighs) (laughs) Bam, 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 bam! That's me just fucking wanting to shoot him in the fucking head. I just, because this guy needs to fucking go. Yes, I agree. See, one of the most important things to remember about Elliot Roger is that he was fantastically rich, which even further played into his entitlement. Uh, This guy, he wore the most expensive clothes. He drove a brand new BMW. He went to movie premieres. He went to Katy Perry concerts. This guy was more privileged than any of us could even possibly fucking imagine. We came from a Hollywood family. Mm -hmm. He's very similar to a Jonah Hill, and his father directed a lot of commercials, which pays a lot of money. It does. It does. Um, And his uh, it seems like his mom's only credit was that she dated George Lucas for a little while. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a hell of a credit. That's a big credit. <laughs> That's a big credit. Yeah, but Ellie was pissed off that she never married him. Why he, wouldn't uh... you marry George? <laughs> I just wish I could be closer to the mind that could have possibly have thought of that wonderful, magnificent character, Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar. It needed a dose of humor. <laughs> the Star Wars world uh... had become so dour and sad. Yes, there's an army of clones, <laughs> but what about me? I I, don't I yearn to smile? I starve yeah. for a joke or a chuckle. I guarantee you, Elliot Rogers loved Jar Jar. <laughs> he had, uh, and he even, and he even had like in the the Hollywood world. Like his dad knew a bunch of different people, and one of the dad's close friends was a screenwriter who used to give Elliot like certain tips, like, "Hey, why don't you try not being such a weird fucking creep?" Sure. And this guy, he actually did have some pretty good credits. He wrote "Ruthless People." Oh. Um, uh, my Cousin Vinny, Ooh. and most impressively, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I'm wow. actually going to see My Cousin Vinny for most impressively. I see, love I like, that movie. I'm a Dirty Rotten Scoundrels guy. Yeah, yeah. So no one likes your final choice, Marcus. No, I said Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, you said that was the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, overruled. <laughs> <laughs> I must get back to writing. <laughs> now, even though Roger was already rich by any standard. He became obsessed with winning the lottery, saying it was his only way, even going so far as to drive to Arizona and Utah to buy extra Powerball tickets. But when he missed out on four consecutive jackpots, this... for some reason, was what pushed him over the edge. Now, this is very unfortunate because he just went from being your run-of-the-mill loser that wears Euro-trash clothes and drives a BMW, and then he went ahead and bought a gun. Yeah, he went and bought a gun. He started going to a firing range on a regular basis, and he started planning his so-called day of retribution. Right. And the thing is, I, I will actually say something about the parents, is that they tried. 
They actually did. Everyone tried with Elliot Roger. No one abandoned this guy at all. His parents, they t- he started going to therapy when he was in a middle school. Uh, his parents got friends. It's like, hey, listen, can you help out my son? Like, can you say something to him? Because we can't get through to him. All of his, a bunch of people said like, yeah, I tried talking to him. I tried being his friend. I tried getting through to this guy. Uh, but he never, he never took to it. He never took to a single bit of it. He was just... Ruined. What do you think is is that mental illness? Is this like a is this psychopathy? It's narcissism. Is this like a thing it, where it, you, it is an extreme form of narcissism uh, combined with psychopathy? Well, yeah. that's what they talk about with uh, manifesto killers, right? Is that the idea is that they have an agenda and they want the whole world to to bow at their feet and and know exactly why they do what they do, which is why they write what they do. They have mm-hmm. an endless need to connect and rule over everyone, uh, and it's very interesting how like you you have a whole act of community trying to help somebody but he still goes ahead and he pulls the trigger yeah he does it anyway he could have made it, i mean he he knows how to write he wrote a, wrote 130 pages why can't he just be an author i mean why couldn't well, he just be can, satisfied with that ben anyone can write 137 pages that doesn't mean it's good have you been listening to the shit that this guy's been writing 50 shades of gray is true trash that is actually really <laughs> true sold more books than any book on earth exactly he could have written a story about the loner's perspective of, right. a, of a lonely dude going out looking at chicks and he can't get and he buys a gun but instead just gets his dick sucked for an hour by the gun salesman woman (laughs) that would sell a million copies it would and all you have to do is get that on the desk of one of these schmucky producers and they'll be like oh sold whatever exactly just a a, a books about a battalions of hot women that stop shooters before they happen by sucking their dicks i mean jesus henry what would you do for this guy's connections to be friends with the guy that wrote dirty rotten scoundrels i'd be making money baby (laughs) making money so as far as this guy's worldview goes, after his day of retribution was finally being planned, this is when his worldview really starts to come into focus. Women's rejection of me is a declaration of war, and if it's war they want, then war they shall have. It will be a war that will result in their complete and utter annihilation. I will deliver a blow to my enemies that will be so catastrophic. It will redefine the very essence of human nature. All right, so I just got to... Do you you know there's like 3.2 billion women in the world? What? Yes, billion <laughs> with a B. That's what? A, yeah, you're one person. And I heard somebody told me that even Danny DeVito has a wife. <laughs> he does. Perlman, yeah. Oh, Rhea Perlman. Rhea Perlman. She, she's not a total dog. <laughs> no. No. I mean, you would have to kill her as well. Well... All right, I guess I did love Cheers, though. <laughs> oh, no. Rhea Perlman has her own charm. Yeah. She does. Absolutely, she does. I can see it in the way Danny DeVito smiles. How happy she makes him. I wish I didn't have to kill Rhea Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Elliot's ultimate plan was to travel to the Alpha Phi sorority house and kill as many women as possible because through research and stalking, Roger had decided that Alpha Phi had the hottest girls in town. He said, I will sneak into their house at around 9 p.m. on the day of retribution, <laughs> just before all the partying starts. 
and slaughter every single one of them with my guns and knives. If I have time, I will set their whole house on fire. Then we shall see who the superior one really is. Can I just throw this suggestion out there at you? Why don't you're you're there, they're partying. Why don't you leave the knives and, and the gun and just go have a drink with them? But what about the day of retribution? <laughs> it was just a day of celebration. You can make You mean I should take my phone and I should turn it upside down? <laughs> Yes, grow your heart. And, and his heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> so on March 23rd, Roger began his killing spree by stabbing his three Oof. roommates to death because, as he said, These were the biggest nerds I have ever seen, and they're both very ugly with annoying voices. <laughs> This is really Bundy-esque. Yes. To stab three people. I feel like I would wake up if my roommate was getting stabbed. Well, no, but no, no, I guess no, no, no. you just do it so I mean, quick. You got, like, weird allergy muffs on, and you got, like, <laughs> yeah. the, ad, like the weird humidifiers running, because they were a bunch of nerds. But this yeah. is straight berserko. It's not easy. Berserker mode. It's not easy to stab three people in one sitting. It's really not. And it was later on at night, too. I mean, it, this was, like, early evening. Well, I mean, we didn't really have time to go through the actual timeline of what happened, uh, with the three roommates, but go read it. It's terrifying. Oh, when did they God. go to sleep? No, they weren't asleep. What? It, it was just, he just walked in and did it. Wow. So tragically, one of the roommates was planning on moving out oh. the very next week as Roger reportedly spent most of his time in his room blasting the most hated of all musical genres, soft rock. His favorites included Phil Collins, Sting, and this song in particular. Bring me a higher love. Hey, Roger, I got a test Bring in the morning. Hey, Roger, I just have... It's my finals week. This is it, my Phil Collins time. <laughs> you do not interrupt my Phil Collins time. <laughs> Oh, thank God I bought these white sneakers so I could walk down the avenue in them while listening to this song. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move out in a week, okay? Uh, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. You, could you check in the kitchen to see if we have any clean knives? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, yep, all clean. Oh, <laughs> uh, there is no musical artist I hate more than Phil Collins. <laughs> is, that, is it Phil Collins' fault or his fans' it's fault? It's Phil Collins' fault. It's, it's Phil Collins' fault. I'm going to say this whole killing spree <laughs> is Phil Collins' fault. No, because, he does not have blood on his head. Yes, Leave he does. Him alone. He does because the thing about this, it, that this music set Elliot Roger in a belief that every day was supposed to be a sunny L.A. boardwalk in 1987. <laughs> yeah, that's Where a good he was point. given g- g- finger guns to chicks on the on roller skates. And they loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they were like, woo, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't realize he was watching the videos, and no one loved Phil Collins like that in real life if he wasn't a multi, multi-millionaire. There were actors in those music videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try 
every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor! By Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs in a whole bunch of cha. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. The only acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast? Your dog. <coughs> That was your dog saying thank you for BarkBox. You can take a minute now. You pet your dog. You're going to learn about Bark. It's the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Yay. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. No, Wendy, I can't get you a whip. You're too cute for weapons. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Mmm, tubers. My dogs love their toys selectively. But BarkBox sends good little ones for the little tiny mouths. They have little mouths, but strong, big spirits. So they fight over the little toys. I imagine they think that they are hunting and going after little bugs and rats and oh they love their life and they love the they love what bark box brings because bark box brings the bark and puts it in a box yep to get your free upgrade go to barkbox.com slash l-e-f-t this podcast is brought to you by squarespace finding work-life balance can be tough but squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text and that helps you save time i know i'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks now part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts now so what i've done to do is like so while i'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
Uh, we know about this man's penchant for the worst music in the world because Elliot Roger shot and uploaded dozens upon dozens of videos to YouTube right up to the day he died. And the videos had names like... Life is so unfair because girls don't want me. And... Why do girls hate me so much? And of course, stuck in traffic in Santa Barbara, made it a little fun. <laughs> and that's where he just filmed traffic while playing SOS by the police. That is making it a little bit more fun, though. The police just, always make it a little bit more fun. I just think a lot of times when I'm not thinking about my day of retribution and about how, how women are, are starving me of any sort of affection, mm -hmm. I like to make things a little fun. <laughs> That is fun. You know, I mean, just stop by. If you're in traffic, just pull off the pull off the exit. Get yourself a little bit of ice cream. Because if not, mm. you're just going to be sitting in traffic. And now I can just sit off to the side the same amount of time and draw myself a little vanilla cone with some rainbow mm. sprinkles on it. How was your date with Elliot? It was fun. We sat in traffic, listened to the police. I made it a little fun for him. <laughs> <laughs> and not, he didn't just, of course, upload videos. Because um, his account is still up. Is it? Yes. Oh, wow. You can go and see his account right now. You can see all of the videos that he uploaded, and you can also see all of the videos that he liked. Oh. And he seemed to be overly fond of videos featuring various Pokemon songs, including this one. <laughs> well, Sally, now that I've played you my favorite song, will you have sex with me? Ah. Uh, mm. uh. So you'll starve me again? Yes. <laughs> he was also really into videos about the video game Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> Uh, which was a mature audience's Nintendo 64 game about a greedy, drunk squirrel trying to get home to his girlfriend. Uh. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> so in between the murder of his roommates and the assault on Alpha Phi, Roger uploaded a video he called Retribution, easily one of the most repugnant, creepy, and pathetic videos on the entire Internet. This guy, I mean, he is in the running for one of the worst human beings to ever exist. <laughs> See, top, I would put I him mean, up there. Out of all the billions of people who have existed, Elliot Roger, top 500. See, I wow. put, I mean, like, to me, my number one worst dude of all time is still BTK. I would say he's my number one because he added the metho like methodical genius level of cruelty yeah. that BTK had. Like, that's the one thing that luckily Elliot Roger did not have was <laughs> any sort of, like, real. Commitment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> these millennials don't get jobs. They don't. You know, yeah, BTK went out there and worked. He yeah. really put his hands into it. And that's mm -hmm. the other thing is that millennials take it so such for granted, just uploading manifestos to YouTube and emailing them out. Right. Ted Kaczynski right. slaved over a, a typewriter, typewriter for years. Oh. <laughs> he sat in a in a, in a milk written yeah. shed. We're gonna be good parents. <laughs> I remember when serial killers had to sit down there in a shed in the woods and Dennis work. Rader had to. 
snail mail of floppy disk <laughs> to the police department that got him arrested. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Joe Rifkin had to actually go out mm. and look for prostitutes on Long Island. Now you've got this asshole out on Gigolo Beach just putting up Craigslist ads. Yep. They're coming to him. Tinder's getting people murdered in their own homes and people are just thinking it's a suicide. <laughs> it's not right. Before the record, millennials actually work very hard and they are being demonized. Thank you yeah. so much for I mean, stating that. Thank you for fixing that. Technically, we are all millennials. Yeah. yeah. Yes. We love, yeah, and we yeah, love yeah. our millennials. Yeah. I do. I love Amazon. I like I like the same day delivery that's happening. I like the drone delivery. Same stuff. day yeah. delivery. Yeah, they can do that now. It's bring to me now. I like you can buy a little button. You can put it next to the toilet if you want something, and it's on your wish list. You can press the button. And it just literally comes to your house. <laughs> I don't know why it has to be by the toilet, but because that's where I do a lot of my shopping. <laughs> you honestly, do. you buy online. Yeah. Uh, um, well, well, you're deeply, on the deep, deep into online shopping while I'm okay. shitting. Oh, yeah. Right. On your phone, or you bring your laptop? On my there. phone. I'm not a fucking pervert. Yeah, I kind of close to have the I'm laptop a, there on your naked thighs. Just and, my top of my dick just like just snail trailing the bottom of my fucking laptop. <laughs> I do not want to think about it. So here are a couple of excerpts from Elliot Rogers' retribution video. These are, you know, Henry's been doing the voice the entire time. This, this is the inner voice. This, this is my that, is, that is the inner voice, but this guy's actual voice is putrid. <laughs> putrid. Ugh. That's the word I was looking for. I'm 22 years old, and I'm still a virgin. I've never even kissed a girl. I've been through college for two and a half years. More than that, actually. And I'm still a virgin. And it's been very torturous. College is the time when everyone experiences those things such as sex and fun and, and pleasure. But in those years, I've had to rot in loneliness. It's not fair. You girls have never been attracted to me. I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me. I don't know why. But I will punish you all for it. It's an injustice, a crime. Because I don't know what you don't see in me. I'm the perfect guy. <sighs> and yet you throw yourselves at all these obnoxious men instead of me the supreme gentleman <laughs> here 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 uh, it's the wedgie patrol we're gonna give him a wedgie so hard his father dies <laughs> you know i'm actually really surprised he is so uh you know he seems fairly uh gender neutral and uh you know he seems actually like a guy that be girls in California would like. Sure. I've met a lot of dudes like that who get laid constantly, yeah, and it drives with, me nuts. With a producer father in right. Los Angeles, they're normally doing fine. Right. Technically, he's in Los Angeles doing it. It's like, it's, he's just garbage. He's human garbage. Well, the problem with him is that he has, you know, he's talking all of this manifesto stuff. He's got these YouTube videos. Most people say when you were around him, he wouldn't give you more than a one-word answer on anything. Like, right, this right, guy, right. he believed that if he got a nice car and nice clothes, uh, that, that, shit would just happen that women him. would just automatically be drawn to him and pretty much start sucking his dick on the streets. Because I mean, that's, that's how that is how intense his narcissism Narcissism and his entitlement was. He's is not that, wrong. He's ninety percent there. That's not <laughs> wrong. I mean, he's wealthy. He's got a nice car, nice clothes. Uh, he seems is, sensitive. But the also 
Number one, he wouldn't know what to do with the woman if she even wanted to have sex with him. He wouldn't know what to do with no, her. No, of course right. not. This guy doesn't like, even watch porn. He just jerks off looking in the mirror. It's like, he's, yeah. like, he's all fun. But the FBI analyst that went into Sun Cho was really interested, talked about this a little bit, about how there was a difference between the manifesto version of Cho yeah. and the manifesto version of Roger than the real life guy. It was like Cho was a nobody. Cho was a non-entity. Same thing with this guy. This guy sat and stared at his shoes and said, nothing to nobody but he was filled with silent rage yeah. and then that's how we got to make the jump on everybody doing this manifesto which he said was the real him and it's like actually no the manifesto is a construct the manifesto is the construct of turning yourself into a Quentin Tarantino character into a big deal action star type because now you can rewrite history now you feel like if I can put it in writing and put it out there everybody will know I'm this malign genius or secret badass that would that was yeah. should have been getting his dick sucked the whole time, but in actuality, the, the the real person, the the real Elliot Roger, is the silent nerd who sat there doing nothing while his friends were yeah. leading normal lives, playing a video game with a drunken squirrel. Yes. <laughs> And as far as his, I guess, narcissism went, I mean, his narcissistic uh, complex, it went far beyond what it, I mean, there are a shit ton of narcissists out there. Every person that's listening right now knows a narcissist. Uh, But this guy was on a different level. Listen to this bullshit. And this pretty much sums up Elliot Rogers' view on the world and his view of himself. I hate all of you. Humanity is a disgusting, wretched, depraved species. If I had it in my power, I would stop at nothing to reduce every single one of you to mountains of skulls and rivers of blood. Yeah, yeah, we know. And rightfully so. You deserve to be annihilated. And I'll give that to you. You never showed me any mercy. And so I will show you none. (laughs) See, I do believe I've given this same speech to my health insurance company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to say if you're talking with AT&T or something. All the guy had was mercy his entire life. Yeah. All he had was that. All these people yeah. willing to take care of him. Yeah, chance after chance after chance. Uh, and he talks like, I mean, you talk about him uh, being in a movie, him rewriting it. He talks like he's he's in a bad movie. He talks right. like he, it's a bad screenplay. It's even got the, <laughs> like right. the fake evil, per, the fake evil laugh. What do we do to counteract this kind of thought? <sighs> like, what do we do? Can you just say, like, what do we say to people? Like, listen, like a part of it, it just gets better. Or if it's just like, you will feel comfortable comfortable in your skin you will be able to talk to people or like just get out and talk to people or kill yourself like uh, if you think, I like, think if this it's... guy would just go with the latter of yeah. all of no those. no 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 there's plenty of people out there that are on the road to be in this guy that can definitely get off just if any of this stuff that he's saying or any of the stuff that he's written if that sort of thought 
has ever crossed your mind, if that's any things that what? you say on the internet, if those are things that you fucking write, it's time to go back to the drawing board. Like it's, it's a mountain time. of skulls in a river of blood. I mean, that's that's pretty, that, 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 that's that's I actually had a lot of about that all the time. That's Look, very sweet. We all think about mountains of skulls all the time. But pick okay. up a fucking guitar. Right, exactly. <laughs> if you put, it in, put that guitar behind that, you'll get ladies. But also, maybe de-emphasize your need for ladies. Yeah. Maybe, yes. maybe the lady side of it you need to take down Bring and start back. thinking about yourself and thinking about what you like and what you need. Yeah, 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 yeah. If every woman that you come into contact with hates you, <laughs> it is your fault. If women, if women yeah. do not like you, it it's is your, your fault. fault. It is nobody. I cannot emphasize that enough. If women do not like you, if well. women are repelled by your presence, it is your fault. You know what you got to do? There are some mean women out there. there yeah, yeah, no, of course. I'm talking every if every <laughs> single woman. Ben, Ben, what? If every there are some terribly woman, mean women. Yes. But I'm just saying if this. every Listen. single woman, yes, there are some terrible. But you know women. what you got to do is you got to get a gimmick. Get a puppy. Get a be a, be the tarantula guy on the boardwalk. Be a magician. Become well, it a magician. What kind of woman you want to get? But I'm yeah. just saying you could get a woman. Get a, get a hobby. Do a thing. Go 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 again. Apply yourself to something that betters yourself. Give you give you something to offer. Give yeah. something that you you can give to the world yeah. instead. And also mm-hmm. remember is that if you're a silent slug, you're not going to get a model. You're not going to get the hot blonde at the Alpha Phi sorority. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, sometimes it happens. We just got to have a lot of money. Ben, why are you defending these people? <laughs> I'm not. It sounds like everything I'm saying, you're kind of defending this guy. No, a you're giving bit. dating advice. I'm talking about Elliot Rogers. I'm saying I've seen a lot of silent guys get with really hot chicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. It's true. Yeah, but, but you have got, to be Dave Navarro. Ha- you have to wear a lot of scarves. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You have to wear, but then you change in your outfit. You need a bandolero hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need scarves. You need many rings. No, we're just in like that's a dating different. portion of the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm not talking about Elliot Rogers yeah. at all. Yeah, but you've got to have charm. See, that's the thing, yeah. is that you've got to have a look in your eye. If you're like a super quiet guy, you got to have a look. You got to have a real good look. Yes. You got to you know, be able to. You got to be able to to slither a woman across the room. And you know who had a real good look in his eye? Kyle Odom. <laughs> yes, he did. Let's, let's move on yes. to our next manifesto. Oh, did he have a look? Now, we're moving on now to the crazy. Now, think about this. Now, Kyle Odom, we're going to cover here. Um, he definitely had a. I would say. A 9,000-yard stare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, these people, the people that write the absolutely insane, crazy manifestos, these people are truly sick. These are are the only people that I have sympathy for because they're schizophrenics. You know, they're manic-depressive. These people, and a lot of times, they don't even know that shit's going wrong for them. A lot of times, they believe, like, oh, this is just the way the world is. I'm the only one that sees it, except for maybe the president. Unchecked schizophrenia can lead to some of the most vivid, intense audiovisual hallucinations that you can imagine. Like literally like straight up, it looks real, it feels real. So along the lines of having DMT or like or angel trumpets or one of those really, really intense hallucinogens where you're having like reality-based hallucinations. Yeah. And Kyle Odom was one of these men. Now we uh cover this guy. This is recent, which this, is pretty cool for this, us. This just happened two months ago. And we don't get a lot of hardcore like view into the schizophrenic's downfall and his manifesto is such a great example of how 
slowly it slides into a normal person's brain mm-hmm. so subtly yeah. that he begins to believe it's real. Right. And the way he writes it, it isn't an all caps, uh, you know, out of control screed. It's not a homeless guy on the train yelling about microwaves and shit like that. This guy, he sounds reasonable like he, he says i'm a hundred percent sane yeah zero percent crazy yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, he says that over and over again in the manifesto yeah which if you've got to say it yeah you crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so just two months ago on march 6th kyle odom a former marine drove to an evangelical church in coeur d'alene idaho walked up to pastor tim remington and shot him six times with a 45 caliber handgun Kyle then boarded a plane bound for Washington, D.C. and was arrested by Secret Service agents after they witnessed him throw something over the White House fence. Mm. And what they found was possibly one of the most insane things we've ever read, the Martian blowjob manifesto of Kyle Odom. I gotta say, if you're having one gigantic schizophrenic breakdown, Mm -hmm. it might as well involve a bunch of Martians blowing. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta thank them for their service. (laughs) Thank you for your service. I can't believe you came all the way from Mars just to suck my cock. Yes, well, thank you for your service. So, Kyle's central claim was that his life was ruined by an intelligent species of amphibian humanoids from Mars with technology millions of years more advanced than our own. Sounds crazy, right? It does, but I heard he was 100% sane. That's That's the thing, is that it just sounds crazy crazy because you know what truth is stranger than fiction (laughs) kind of like that movie with will ferrell stranger than fiction is that it yeah (laughs) now as far as what these martians relation to humanity was this is what kyle wrote they have a massive breeding stock of humans which they bleed and control from birth they use these humans to live vicarious lives among us they appear to be completely normal because they're good at imitating human behavior you actually don't sound that human right now. Or- what? No, I feel um 100% sane. 0%. 0%? Crazy! I'm not crazy! 100% sane. But above all, the Martians were controlling and manipulating humanity for, and this, surprisingly, is a new one to me as far as why aliens come to the Earth. They were using us. For sex. We're sexy. Ooh. We are sexy. We're I mean, sexy. I mean, you ever seen like Star Trek or anything like that? We're definitely the sexiest on Star Trek, always. Well, you can look at us yeah. kind of squiggling around. We're pink. We're soft. You can, you'd want to stick a dick in a bunch of us. <laughs> I just feel like he went through a weekend where he watched The Matrix and then he watched Earth Girls Are Easy. And then he just like combined them and he's like, that's my manifesto. It's quite possible. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is what Kyle wrote as far as how the Martians approach sex and humanity. They take control of wild human beings and use them as sex slaves. Don't believe me? Ask President Obama to take a lie detector test on this one. And that was the problem is that it, he was hard to pin down Obama yeah, to take a lie, lie detector, detector test to see if he's getting blown by Martians all the time. Is this a democracy or not? I, I want to see the documents. <laughs> well, that's what he was saying. It wasn't that, you know, you'd think he was thinking it's like, oh, President Obama's in on this. He knows that the Martians are given a secret blowjob. No, he thinks but that President just, Obama is a whore for Martians. Yeah, I yeah. see. He thinks that Obama's in the thrall of the Martian race. Right. Yeah, so 
After first contacting the aliens through transcendental meditation, Kyle said that the original blue light that he had encountered during said meditation, and he, by the way, identified that blue light as As a female. female. Oh. He identified that one as a female, which will be different from what happens later on. (laughs) Uh, He says that that blue light abandoned him soon after, leaving him, I think this is what he says, after the blue light abandoned him, Mm. it left him to the devices devices of the sex Martians. So what happened after he had his first real... experience during meditation is that afterwards he went back to class because he was a grad student, I believe, in genetic science. Yeah. And when he showed up to class, he said that he could understand all the flaws in genetic science and that it all become too easy for him. And mm. his instructors kept telling him, just have fun. Just have fun. It'll just be fun. fun. Just, just have fun. I just feel like he was smelling shampoo at a Kmart. <laughs> the red light, or the blue light special went on and he just had all these ideas. I have a bunch of weird theories about all of this stuff as it goes through about whether or not any of it really happened or if he was just sitting in his apartment the entire time. Oh, yeah. I think he was out and about. Yeah, absolutely. But he was but, seeing some... But he there, was going apeshit. Yeah, he was absolutely going apeshit. But I think there's evidence later on that says that this was actually happening but not everything that he says was actually like a flesh and blood type of thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. How many platforms do I work on? So many platforms. Can you believe it? Google Docs. Work on that. Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack. Saying things to my employees. All of my, all my, my main doldgers walking around here. It makes sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone. But I try to say not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. The pen is mightier than the sword. Except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? And data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its goods. All right. So Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. 
Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hi, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So the first specific incident that particularly disturbed Kyle Odom that kind of just knocked him off of his axis happened with a couple of fellow grad students. This is what he wrote. After a few days of nights and no sleep, two of the graduate students began reaching out to me. And when I went to see them, they both kept pointing their finger at me saying, pew, 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 (laughs) like they were shooting a gun. (laughs) They did this over and over and over, and I kept wondering what their problem was. Months after I left Houston, I was told they were not human. They were tasked with making me into the quote-unquote next school shooter, as they called it. I imagine this is why many of our school shootings take place. I'm not crazy! No, 100% safe. (laughs) So that's what his theory is, is that every single school shooter that we have, that there's just a guy walking up to him going... With finger guns, and that's how they get you. But if we if we were in a classroom together, we were doing that to someone, and they started to freak out. Like you just got to keep on doing. it. You got to keep doing. <laughs> it. Like you. so fun. That's I, would, I would look at my hands and be like, "Are these things working? Oh my! This is the most killer fucking prank of 2016, man. <laughs> Especially in college, you're just gonna keep doing. Oh, you're gonna do it with your friends, and yeah. you're gonna laugh your ass off until it's not funny anymore, and then right. you're gonna let it rest for about a week, and then you're gonna start doing it. Absolutely, because it's going to become funny. But the thing is, then he stops laughing. He starts nodding, going like, I'm ready for my mission. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, I can already see how it. I would start doing it. Henry, you would laugh. No, Henry would start doing it. I would laugh. I would start doing it. Marcus would do it, but then you would feel bad. And be like, stop it, guys. Guys, stop it. He's sorry. He's really getting fucked up by this. But then Marcus would start doing it and realize how fun it is. And then long story short, Marcus would yell at us when he goes and shoots up the school. Not Marcus, but the the guy that we traumatized. (laughs) So not too long after that, Odom's very serious schizophrenic tendencies started their steady ramp up into a total break from reality. Uh, Concerning a plane ride back to his hometown from Houston, this is what Kyle wrote. 
Now, this is where the story starts to get weird. On the plane ride back home, my seat was taken. I asked the flight attendant, and she directed me to a new seat. Once I sat down, an older gentleman in front of me kept glancing back until he got my attention. As he kept looking back, my head began to hurt and tingle. The moment my head began to hurt, his lips curled up into this evil-looking smile. The pain and tingling in my head continued for the rest of the flight and got more intense as time went on, and every time I felt it, the man would start taking notes in a notepad. About halfway through the flight, someone else in front of me held up a newspaper that said psychic reading for like five minutes straight. It was blatantly obvious they were doing something to me, but I don't know what. And once we landed, the older gentleman kept showing me his track phone, as if to say, get one of these. (laughs) It's the best phone on the market. Get one of these. Was he at a T-Mobile booth? I think so. He Is ended up possible? at a kiosk. Yeah. Meanwhile, that guy's just so happy being like, no one ever buys these track phones because they're dog shit. Super. Yeah. You were 100% sane. 0% crazy, sir. I'm not crazy! The, Love these track phones. I, no, I said the prices are crazy, sir. What? Yes, the prices what? are crazy. No, you're 100% sane. Thank you. Uh, apparently, Kyle thought that this entire experience was part of a secret job interview with the government. Well, now you remember he was dropped in and out of school several times. Yeah. He's been in school, dropped out. He, all of these things are happening to him and, and, hap- and happening more and more often that he can't concentrate on school anymore. So now he, he started a couple of interviews at, at some government firms. And yes, he thought that this was the secret interview. The yeah. world's most elaborate interview. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so he then started getting text messages about a place called The Altar from both a man named John Padula and Tim Remington, the pastor Kyle would eventually shoot six times. No, this is my question. Do you think he was really getting these text messages, or is this insanity? This is insanity because he said specifically in his manifesto that Tim Remington was sending his te- him text messages. In Bible verses. In coded Bible verses. That he mm. was just sending him Bible verses, and Kyle said that he would just sit and stare at the Bible verses, trying to decipher exactly what was happening. Although, it could also be a possibility that Kyle Odom went to Tim Remington's church, gave... Uh, gave him uh, the phone number and Tim Remington is just one of those assholes that decided to just text him Bible verses every once in a while. Or he's on a mass text. Yeah, exactly. Like a weekly, like once a week you get a texter. Yeah, a once a week Bible verse and yeah, because I think there is, there's definitely evidence that Tim Remington was the only actual real person in his life, which is why he was the one he fucking shot. Well, absolutely, Mm. because then he believed that he was the source of all his problems. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then he said he got one last text from Tim Remington that just said the word angels and then he noticed helicopters were buzzing his house all the time buzzing his house as if they were doing it actively yeah and uh the yeah. wheels started to come off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He said that he made an appointment to meet this John Padula, uh, but before he could meet that appointment, something quote unquote very bizarre happened. After making the appointment to meet John, something very bizarre happened. I received the most unnatural erection I've ever had. Hmm. It felt like someone was manually pumping blood into my penis, Hmm. and I don't know how else to describe it. (sighs) And immediately after that, a song began playing in my mind. The lyrics went, Sister, sister, he's just a plaything. 
we want to make him stay up all night. So he just had a talking head song stuck in it. She's just a baby. We want to make him stay up all night. Were you able to relieve yourself? Did you? Uh... Oh, several times. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> but no, no, yeah, he had the he. Yeah, so he started getting powerful erections. Yeah, really right. powerful erections. Was and the, what, what did you say he... about what, what did you say about the manifesto, Henry? Because you put in the words erection and penis. Well, all of the naughty words were redacted. He had written out all of the, all of the words, and then he would he blacked out erection and he blacked out penis. I have to assume it's erection and penis. <laughs> but then I was reading other stuff online, and it came out as erection and penis. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, but what what got him so aroused? He it just we'll get to alien it. space vibes, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, oh well, right. we'll get to exactly what and exactly how he got so aroused. Ooh, just been watching Fuller House. <laughs> my God, yeah, Stephanie Tan. Yeah, the Jesus. dresses that woman is right. wearing. Whoa, oh, goodness, cleavage, grapefruit smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> no, unable or unwilling to sleep for days following the sister sister talking heads incident, Odom decided to visit his family in Albuquerque. And on the plane ride in, Kyle sat next to a large man who kept telling him telepathically that he was going to crash the plane. But at the end of the flight, the guy said, never mind, you passed the test, the government has a job waiting for you when you get back, brother. Scary. And man, I really do wish this is how job interviews work. Yeah, it would be amazing if so they just much happened more fun. to you. Yeah. yeah. Then when Kyle got back, he decided that it was time to visit the altar. And then, mm. on this trip, That is when Kyle Odom realized, mostly due to the smell of the place, which Odom described as reptile and vinegar, that he wasn't dealing with the government at all. Could be only one thing. Martians! Always! And with Martians comes... The inevitable sex. Yeah, hell yeah. That's when it gets sexy. Because up until this point, Kyle was extremely confused. He didn't know what was happening. He hadn't, you know, quote unquote, figured it out yet. Yeah. He was just thinking Mm. that the government was on a bonerific interview series with the fucking government. Yeah, yeah. I have to change it a little bit. I'm 95% sane, 5% rock hard. (laughs) Rock hard. (laughs) So this is what Kyle wrote. When the Martians started coming into his life, when the Martians started to get a little sexy with them. This is what Kyle wrote. One day I was in the bakery at Safeway when I got surrounded by a bunch of old men. Some of them looked at me and sniffed, so I knew it was them. They started stimulating my anus and Mm. penis simultaneously. Then they spoke aggressively. They said, Humans are nothing more than the result of a successful genetic experiment. You are a threat to the way these people think and you could no longer be free in society. Your life is over. You are nothing but a toy. Your purpose now is to suck cock. They continued to say other explicit things that were so obscene I won't repeat them here. This has happened in the safe way? <laughs> what I think is really interesting is that I just think a group of gay men realize that they can manipulate the schizophrenic man right. into having sex with all of them by yeah. just telling them they were Martians. There's a kid in the, the kid in the cereal aisle and a cowboy had to be like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I will say this, though. If you do want to have sex with a crazy person, you just have to say, I'm from Mars and our Mars commander demands it. And you'll get sex. Yeah, and a whole series of other things. <laughs> as far as I know, I think it was just one old man jerking him off and the other guy playing with his butthole a little bit. Oh, at the bakery of the Safeway. Yeah, but I imagine it was behind the dumpster at the bakery. Yeah, I would hope so. Not like right there. I mean, that's a lot. And I wonder what the other explicit things are. Because that's pretty... You are nothing but a toy. Your purpose now is to suck cock. That's... 
But it's pretty graphic. See, I imagine they said other stuff like, we want to look at your butthole. And, oh, we just yeah. want to look at it. And, no, I'm going to lick it. I'm going to lick your butthole, you young boy. Or maybe it was just like, I want to hold your hand on the boardwalk in Coney <laughs> Island. Have a really nice time <laughs> on the, looking at the ocean and the seagulls. Why don't you guys just get married? And that's what another guy said next in the soup aisle. You guys like each other so much, you guys should just get married. <laughs> so, so after the uh, butthole hand job encounter in the Safeway... The old man took Kyle back to his place, and Kyle said for the rest of the night, the old man constantly stimulated his genitals and made him orgasm to the point of serious pain. So bad that Kyle attempted suicide by burning charcoal in his car's back seat with the windows rolled up, but the Martians wouldn't let him. Very intense. It's a strange way to do it. Technically, this is like the real-life version of the website Lemon Party. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't go to it, by the way, if you're at work right now. Yeah, but otherwise, yeah, go check it yeah, out. Check it out. <laughs> now, in desperation, Kyle attempted to confront the Martians at the church. Speaking with Pastor Tim Remington, the man that Kyle ended up shooting six times, Odom said that the pastor's face changed, but only for a second or two, just like a little reptilian flash. This is what Kyle wrote. It said it this is what Kyle said it looked like. His eyes really stood out, so they captured my attention. They were huge and bulging. The eyelids were darker green, and the irises were yellow-brown with slit pupils. Weird. Yeah, and he actually did a couple of sketches of these aliens, these Martians, what they looked like. It's pretty much like a, it's like a Muppet turnip head. And he said yeah, the reason why they did purposely look like Muppets and that they helped engineer the look of Elmo, this is in the manifesto, in order to get human beings acclimated to what Martians look like when they come down to sexually take over. So he just like absorbs all this imagery from the real world and he has no way to, he just, he's crazy. That's he's how it deeply happens. sick. Yeah. He's not 100% sane yeah. at this point. <laughs> no, what we're learning? No, no, he's not 100% sane. I, mean, I would even be... say he's 90% sane. You know what I mean? I would yeah. even give him the benefit of that. Yeah. I would say a solid 7% sane. Yeah, I mean, when you get paranoid schizophrenics, I mean, every single thing that they see is a sign, and every right. single thing that they see is completely directed towards them. The, the, right. the world is the world revolves So there's around a certain them. selfishness to it, right? I mean, it's not necessarily a selfishness. They just can't control it. Yeah, the it's, not a, it's coming, not a selfishness at all. The thoughts are coming so intensely and vividly that you you just think it's real, and now you're scared. Mostly he's he's in terror, yeah, running yeah, around yeah. thinking that Martians are raping him. Right. And, and, do it, and, like, literally, I have to kill the man responsible. You begin to believe that Tim Remington's the guy you have to get rid of. And then he believes, he says, he says that he shot him 12 times, and he's like, anything but a Martian would have died. Yeah, and it's not a selfish thing at all. I mean, it, it can even, and it doesn't even have to be as bad as paranoid schizophrenia. I mean, a few years ago when I was having, like, really intense problems with anxiety I believed that people could read my thoughts on the train but only on the train because the the metal in the uh, subway was a superconductor that would activate the psychic thoughts of people with latent psychic abilities Marcus Parks 100% sane now he is though but he actually no. just got a certificate he also literally now has I'm sorry to say this Marcus but I can Read your thoughts. Yeah. And you do have a bar over your head. That's how I know how to approach you about certain things. Is that when it's goes the when the lever is hitting about yeah, nine, yeah. over ninety percent, I know that we can talk. Yeah, wow, absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and these things just happen and I've gotten better, by the way. Hell yeah, I'm, look I'm at good. you. Look, look at me. At you. Look at me. But no, it's true. Bipolar hey, does bi bipolar disorder also has hallucinations. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that, that 
your brain again is just jelly and that also again shows how thin reality is about how like you're just one fucking cuckoo step over from the fact that you believe that martians are blowing you every day and then you have to kill the head of the martians or or you'll never stop being jerked off until you hurt yeah i'm I'm two weeks without bipolar medication away from Mm. believing that people can read my thoughts all right marcus i just want to do one test i have finger guns here Boop. Again, I'm a chill bill, dude. Boop. Look at that. He's a wow, chill. Wow. Yeah. 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 Nice. I'm, We're safe, I'm a chill bill. Yeah. Does it weird is it weird that it makes me want to kill? <laughs> that is kind of weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I've been going through a lot though. <laughs> well, Carl Odom, despite all of this shit that's going on in his head, despite him thinking that old Martian men are giving him blowjobs and giving him hand jobs until his fucking dick can't shoot anymore, he still attempted to live a normal life. He was Even, going to school to be a pharmacist. He went back to school to mm. be a pharmacist. He said, you know what? I don't care how many blowjobs these Martians give me. I'm still living my life, man. I'm still fucking doing it. America. America, yeah. I also, mean- there's probably somebody at Dwayne Reed right now who believes Martians are sucking his cock. Yeah. <laughs> and he's giving you your prescriptions every day. Yeah. I mean, that is the American way. During my first gigantic bipolar breakdown, I finished college that semester. You Boom. know why? Because I had a can-do attitude and a head full of Seroquel. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so... And the thing is about the pharmacy school is that Kyle, he was actually doing pretty good for a while, but then the Martians, the brain manipulations started ramping up again, and that set Odom into blind rages and complete and total blackouts. And Kyle said mm. that the Martians were fearful, paranoid, hypersexual, and hyper-aggressive, particularly the males who were power-hungry, megalomaniacs, obsessed with control, and above all, Martians hate surprises. Don't even try to throw a surprise party for a Martian because you will get blown until it hurts. <laughs> Concerning the behavior of these creatures, Kyle wrote, Who else do you know that has these characteristics? If you answered, God from the Bible, you are correct. Oh, I did. Martians are responsible for the God myth. Martians may have created humans as they claimed, but they are certainly not gods themselves. They are just another intelligent species that evolved on a neighboring planet. There is no god. There is no heaven. There is no hell. Earth is as close to heaven as we'll ever get, and we are letting the Martians ruin it. And they are going to destroy Earth, just like they destroyed Mars if we let them. Our survival rests in their hands for the time being. 100% 100% saying. <laughs> He's doing fine. Yeah, great. He's almost a pharmacist. I mean, that right there is, I mean, some, I mean, you just replace like Martians with corporations and yeah, you got a point. Who? You're Bernie boo, Sanders. Boo, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and so Kyle Odom, not able to take it anymore, took a 45 caliber pistol mm. and shot Pastor Tim Remington, presumably the only flesh and blood representation of the Martians that Kyle could actually touch and see. And Kyle Odom currently awaits trial in Idaho. And also remember, Tim Remington oh. lived so the, the, lived. the whole church can really use that Ugh. for fucking mileage because it's a fucking miracle. Ugh. And he, he gets to come back and be like, uh, when I went, I went through a tunnel of light. And when I got to Jesus Christ, he said to me, the most beautiful man I've ever seen. He said, it's not your time yet, Pastor Tim. 
now you need to go back to your congregation and get $20 from each right. one of them <laughs> so you can buy yourself an Xbox One. <laughs> an Xbox One? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And wow. If, yes. And if you go far enough, you can get your own multi-million dollar mansion, your own private jet. Wow. They need it, though, in order to properly serve their congregation. Yeah, they really need it. And how we got the manifesto is that he threw a flash drive over the uh, White House, onto the White House yeah. lawn, and that can get you arrested. Yeah, it oh, can. Yeah. You can't throw anything over the fence at the White House. What if no, it's like a I love Obama a balloon? Nope. No, I still don't think they like it. You what about even, a flying airplane that says, I love Obama, please host back? You can't even throw like a taco, empty Taco Bell wrapper over What if the it's a, a, a Linder ball, like those delicious Linder balls? You can actually do that, and you can, <laughs> that, that makes a tree. Oh, okay. ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocolate that, tree. The 25th oh. Amendment. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, our very last subject today. We've covered the pathetic. We've covered the crazy. Now we're going to cover the quote-unquote reasonable. And what we mean by reasonable is that we by no means whatsoever condone the actions of this man. Uh, we by no means think that violence is a way to solve anything. But what we say when we mean reasonable is that you read the manifesto and you think, you know, this guy's kind of got a point. We all got we all got bubbling over points. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say we all got things. I've definitely yelled in a bank. I've definitely <laughs> yeah. been I have been forcibly removed from an office. That is true. I told you that story about how I quit my job and I threw my tie at the at the uh, at my boss. No, was, because was, I said I was selling out. Uh, <laughs> I was at a, a headhunting firm in the uh, in the business the financial district, and I was having a really hard time uh, dealing with the job because I was getting screamed at all the time. It's like a real life wolf. Wall Street scenario where mm -hmm. my boss would go like, never get off the phone, never get off the phone. And I went out to the little triangle park and I listened to the Mountain Goats Tallahassee album. Wonderful and, album. And I had an emotional response and I walked inside and I said, I quit. And I took off my clip off tie and I threw it in his face. Um, and then security escorted me out. <laughs> yeah, the clip could hurt somebody. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so the reasonable or quote unquote reasonable man that we're going to be talking about today is Christopher Dorner. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. Woo. Mm. This guy was a real Rambo. He was. <laughs> yes, he was. On February 3rd, 2013, former LAPD officer Christopher Dorner began a nine-day reign of terror that paralyzed the city of Los Angeles, making cops so jumpy that they accidentally shot three civilians yeah. during the largest manhunt the city had ever seen. It even topped Richard Ramirez easily. Hey, they were excited to shoot those civilians. <laughs> yeah, they were thrilled to have a reason. <laughs> now, eventually, Dorner would kill four people and wound three others in the name of righting the wrongs that he said were done to him during the few years that he was a member of the LAPD, specifically institutional racism within the organization, which we oh, know... The LAPD? <laughs> no, no, no. 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 Innocent. <laughs> they are a fun bunch. <laughs> um, I am not... Like, it's hard to be a cop. Yeah, it is. I mean... <laughs> It is actually hard to be cut. Yeah, we actually have quite a few listen. We have quite a few police officers that listen to the show while they're on patrol. I've heard from quite a few. So let's go. I mean, we're definitely going to preface this by saying not all bad cops. You know, not all cops are bad cops. There's a shit ton of good cops out there. Most cops are good cops. You just hear a lot more about the bad ones. Well, like, yeah, because those are the ones you write about. You don't always write about the good cops no. because you, because it's boring. 
Yeah. Boring story. Yeah. <laughs> Super boring. Now, the interesting thing about Dorner is that there is a definite logic to his actions, to his violent actions. There is a cause and an effect. By his own admission in his manifesto, Dorner again and again from childhood had a pattern of meeting racist actions or words with swift extreme violence. He told two stories in particular where he said when he was a kid, like he grew up, you know, and, and this st- kind of thing, like this is a, a sort of childhood thing that was instilled within him. Uh, he grew up in a town uh, that was 99% white. Yeah, and he, he was, was alone. Yeah, he, he was, was basically the only, the only minority yeah, walking around. He was the around. only minority. He was the only black kid. Kids used to throw racial slurs at him. Uh, and he and said, he beat the fuck out of him. He them. beat the living shit out of these kids. Dorner was a big guy. Yeah. And also Dorner was a real fucking like through and through like blue guy like he was like he was an, a, a goody two shoes in a way he was a stickler for the law yeah he was a, all about integrity that was what he always talked about was integrity he's constantly used the terms it's not just us it's justice yeah like he that's a lot that he said a lot so he could I could see how both he was a very good cop and also very annoying to his compatriots yeah sure. and also possibly a very bad cop a very possibly. reactionary person yeah possibly he would have been he would have possibly been an extremely dangerous person to have out on the street. Sort of like a liability. Yeah, I would say a big liability. Mm -hmm. Now, if that pattern holds of meeting violence or meeting racism with violence, and by the way, this is just speculation on my part, it's possible that Dorner must have encountered quite a bit of racism in the LAPD to inspire the murderous rage that eventually bubbled over into actual action, which, again, Absolutely none of it is justified whatsoever, no matter what. But if, if you, you be- follow the logic, then you can see how this happened. Well, if you believe his manifesto, he already had one sort of violent interaction with a fellow police officer when they said the N-word in his presence in a, in a cop car van when they were talking about another perp. And he was right. like, basically, he turned and he's like, don't say that word again. And the other officer was like, I'll say whatever word I want because he was his superior. And then he grabbed him by the Dorner, grabbed him by the shirt and say, don't you ever say that word in front of me again and wrestled his superior in a van, but because cops work the way they work, nobody reported the incident. And, of course, the N-word was no as Dorner was going for a bagel or a donut. Yes, yes, and And then the second N-word he said was nader. They were talking about the green part. Nader, (laughs) yeah, yeah, right. There's actually a lot of N-words. There's many (laughs) N-words. Nincompoop, ninja, not for nothing. That's two in there. Um, Nancy is a a woman. Yeah, and now we're actually out. There's there's actually not that many. Nine. Yeah. And the tenth one you can never say. And nine is one, so that's kind of fun. Oh, wow. Eleven. Oh, my goodness. And to give some backstory, Christopher Dorner was fired from the LAPD in 2008 after an incident in which he was found to be lying about an excessive force complaint registered against Teresa Evans, an officer he was training with in 2007. Perhaps not so coincidentally, this complaint was registered the day after Officer Evans gave Dorner a negative performance review two weeks after the brutality incident in question actually happened. And there's a thing about Dorner is that he believed that he had never had an unsatisfactory, unsatisfactory mark on any one of his records when he mm. was in the, when he was in the services and oh. when he was in the police department. Absolutely not true. He actually in Yes, of course. <laughs> in the, he was in the Navy Reserves before he was in the LAPD. Uh, one of his officers like he was written up uh, for like wearing his own shoes. 
in the Navy, rever- Navy oh, Reserves. You got to wear the Navy shoes. Yeah, you got to wear, wear your freak flag fly in the no, fucking Navy. They signed yeah. a big contract with Reebok. You better wear those Reeboks. Yeah, that's what they they said that he was uh, the he was a stickler for the rules, but only the rules that he believed in. You got a problem with my elf shoes? It's almost Christmas. I'm trying to keep the spirit alive. <laughs> Just not really what we have here in the. You Navy. mean to say I can't wear my jingle shoes? I did not. No, I did not even say. How that. am I supposed to keep the Christmas spirit alive? Nothing. Did anyone but- remember Christmas Carol? No. Scrooge went from a miser to a generous man, and it was all because of the yes. Christmas spirit. I'm not saying anything racial or anti-Christmas. Come at you with equal force. Come at me with force. <laughs> I'm just... Now, Dorner claimed that uh, Officer Evans kicked a mentally ill man in the face in the process of an arrest, but the review board, after inter- interviewing several witnesses at the scene who said that no t- kicking took place, they ruled against Dorner and fired him for false testimony. However, it must be said that the victim in question was given medical treatment for facial injuries that night. He told his father at the hospital that he had been kicked in the face by a female officer, and he gave a videotaped interview saying the exact same thing. But then the father of the victim said that he was riddled with schizophrenia and and often said yes to many questions that were asked of him. And then also, anything that's refuting this is coming from the mouth of Dorner. Dorner is the one saying that, that people did not stick up for him on the review board, and he was the one that said that Evans had the nickname of the Chupacabra when she had a reputation for drawing blood. Yeah, she, he said that one mm. time they were arresting like an elderly woman, uh, and Evans gave the old woman. She had very thin skin, and of Evans course. gave the old woman an Indian burn. Oh, that's a chupacabra move. <laughs> that is a chupacabra <laughs> move. No, a chupacabra uh, move nips a small hole in a goat and goes. Yeah, <laughs> chupacabra. Yeah, mm. that's the problem with Dorner is that he makes right. dozens upon dozens of claims. His fa- his manifesto is very long. It's accusatory, as you could almost say. He's got a lot of opinions. Right. Uh, He's got a lot of opinions, and he makes a lot of accusations, but he also killed four people. Yeah, his credibility really goes down. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah, your credibility really really goes down. Why, when you dress in camouflage and hide in the San Bernardino Mountains, for some reason you can't be taken seriously anymore? Yeah, yeah, so for some reason that just sort of shoots your credibility to hell. Uh, But, you know, like Henry said, the, the, the person who's arrested, he was severely mentally ill and by the time they got him into uh, the actual hearing, he was incoherent, he was unresponsive, didn't say a single word. And while this does prove nothing, it is very interesting that Dorner could be fired from the LAPD for something so comparatively small when officers who straight up murder people or straight up just beat the fuck out of suspects can just get off with a slap on the wrist. Right, right. Well, it seems like it... He compiled a long list of complaints, and they probably just got a headache with him. Yeah, what I happened was that he was sick of him. You you have to build friends in any organization. Totally, being a cop again is very difficult. Yeah, and so a lot of times they have to stick up for each other, and that's they both do. in good and bad ways. There are ways it's like they look out for each other's lives and they sacrifice their lives for each other, but also there's a there's a there's a weird gray area between a lot of times of what is right and what is legal. The thin blue line. Yes, and so they. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they they hold this code of like we are we hold ourselves together. We are only we are make sure we are honest to ourselves. We make sure we don't betray each other. We make sure we don't rat each other out no matter what happens. They're we'll a, handle it one on one. They're a gang. Yes, they're yeah, a gang. It's the same thing. A lot of the times, but and so Dorner made no friends at the LIPD. And, right. and it, that's what he said. He said, apparently, like, Teresa Evans said, when the first, the day they started training together, Dorner was like, when I'm done, I'm going to I'm gonna sue the whole LAPD. And he had started t- t- picking at different policies and the way people handled stuff as 
that it like basically all the time as it went and became a real know-it-all mm-hmm. uh, and they don't like that no he became a know-it-all he became a nuisance he just didn't follow the company line and you know when it, pretty much when you're at any job and the entire time you're like this place fucking sucks like right. this place blows you're probably gonna get fired right 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's something to hazing and there's something to you, you got to get acclimated you got to get in the system well, you, you got to buy into company culture or get out basically yeah so after being fired from the LAPD Dorner returned to the Navy reserves where he'd served prior to his career as a police officer but he was discharged in January of 2013 we have no idea why just a few days later, the rampage began. And it is very unclear. Uh, I couldn't find out what Dorner was actually doing from 2008 to 2013. That is five years between the time yeah. he was fired from the LAPD and the time that he wrote his manifesto and killed four people. That was a five-year gap, and we have no idea what well, he was doing. You know when Forrest Gump just ran for all those years? <laughs> he just paced. Yeah, he Just paced. circular pace. I think he was just getting real good at Smash Brothers and the harmonica. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Uh, we do know that he lost his security clearance, he was discharged, and blamed every bit of it on the LAPD outlying, outlining all of his claims in what is now known as the Facebook Manifesto. This is what he wrote. I have exhausted all available means of obtaining my name back. I have attempted all legal court efforts within appeals at the Superior Courts and California Appellate Courts. This is my last resort. The LAPD has suppressed the truth, and it has now led to deadly consequences. Now, his manifesto yeah. began with definition of the word name. Yeah. And what it means. Yeah, and he, he said, this is what it, this is about, my name. A man is nothing without his name. And he's, that's the whole thing. He The whole point of his killing spree was to get the LAPD to... To reinvestigate his firing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and that's and that was the whole thing about the shooting sprees. Like, this is going to call attention to inequality in the LAPD. You know, it's yeah. not like Rodney King called attention to it. Uh, it's this is what's going to call attention to it. This is what is going to get people to look into institutional racism. But it did go viral. He did very well. It got a lot of likes. <laughs> Think about how hard we've Comments. tried to go viral. Oh my god, uh, never done it. How many videos I made about how hard it is to date and you know yeah. and all the stuff like oh Tim Tebow, he's ridiculous. <laughs> Have you made a Tim Tebow? I actually video? did do a Tim Tebow video. <laughs> for Jess.com. I don't think Jess.com exists anymore. No, I don't think it does. Now, Dorner goes on to name multiple incidents of racism that he encountered while working in LAPD. This is what he said. I saw some of the most vile things humans can inflict on others as a police officer in Los Angeles. Unfortunately, it wasn't in the streets of L.A. It was in the confounds of LAPD police stations and shops, a.k.a. cruisers. The enemy combatants in L.A. are not the citizens and suspects. It's the police officers. The attacks will stop when the department states the truth about my innocence publicly. I will not accept any type of currency or goods in exchange for the attacks to stop, nor do I want it. I want my name back. Period. There is no negotiation. And then he he right. does do a lot of acronyms. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and that's the thing. Then make no mistake, Christopher Dorner was extremely dangerous. I mean, yeah. this guy wasn't fucking around. He was motivated, he was angry, and he was trained. That was his old thing. He was talking about, I'm going to bring asymmetrical warfare. And this was the manifesto was not for people. The manifesto was for cops. Yeah. And the manifesto was to, is to the cops, and so it lists a bunch of phrases and a bunch of terminology and training verbiage that are in, yeah. the, in the manifesto that I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand either. You know, it's like, 
and that today is that since it was directed straight towards the cops, you can see why they were. Of course, there's no excuse for them shooting three people. Of course, but not. you can see why that you could see why they were a little jumpy because sure. he named forty different LAPD officers in his manifesto, saying this is what he said about it. No amount of I am INT, M-A-S-I-N-T, and L-I-N-T assist you in capturing me. I am off the grid. You better use your feet, tongue, and every available DOD, non-DOD, H-U-M-I-N-T. I know your route to and from home and your division. I know your significant other's routine, your children's best friends, and recess. I know your Sanchez gym hours and routine. I assure you that the casualty rate will be high. If you just would have worn the right shoes here at the Navy Yard, you would have never <laughs> fired would have I mean, you were pretty good. Christmas actually. is sacred to me. Christmas well, does just, not just I come know, once I a know, year. I you know, learn anything I, from the Muppet I, film, The Christmas Carol. You yeah. have to celebrate it every day of I, the year. I, and I, no asymmetrical Chris, warfare saying, that I bring to the name yeah, will be able to handle what I, you will not be able to understand. My justice. Just, it's not just us, it's, it's justice. It's July. It's July. So it's just not even accurate. Now, thankfully, before that body got, count got too high, uh, the donor got cornered. <laughs> Don't nice. be so proud of yourself. <laughs> yeah, so happy. No, I stole. I stole that. Oh, that was, oh, okay, that, that was a big thing back there in the manhunt. There's just you're like can't corner the door. Can't brother. corner. I remember that. Can't, can't corner the door. Can't memes the door. went crazy. Man, it was a big meme time. A lot of memes. Yeah. What a world. So, <laughs> I mean, a, a, a live active shooter for nine days, and the internet's just like meme, meme. it. Let's meme <laughs> that. That's good. No, Dorner did manage to kill. Four people, including the daughter of the counsel who defended him during his hearing, as well as the daughter's fiance, plus two police officers who were killed trying to apprehend him. Now, killing the daughter and killing the fiance, like that really shows uh, that this man had a cruelty within him. Yeah, like, oh, yeah that, that, is, that is cruelty, that is malice, that is spite. Like that is. I mean, that puts him down at the bottom. Technically, yeah. it's asymmetrical warfare. That's what he was doing. He was coming yeah. at them. He was coming at them with everything he got to make them scared. He yeah. was being a terrorist. And that's what he said uh, about like he took his cues from Vietnam and Afghanistan, you know, and uh, the you know Al Qaeda fighters. He said the reason why we will never beat them is because they have no fear of death. And mm-hmm. he said I no longer have any fear of death. And he just completely every single bit of integrity that he had said was so important to him his entire life. And that. And that's what that cognitive dissonance is, is that is he, that will, still he talks go- about his name and he talks about how I'm a good person and how the LAPD has smeared my name. And he goes out and he kills, just kills a woman and kills her fiance because she happens to be related to somebody he doesn't like. Right. I mean, he's still going to the In-N-Out Burger in a full, like, one of those tree hats like they wear during camouflage <laughs> yeah, sequences yeah, yeah, in yeah, fucking yeah. army movies. And so it's like he's still, like, having to be a person at some point during this time. Yeah. Yeah, or he's eating leaves. Right. That knows what he's doing. Hey, Christopher, we know you're not the bush. We know you're not a bush. Come on in. Get your In-N-Out. You will never be able to defeat my asymmetrical warfare. <laughs> okay. Now, Donor got cornered and killed on February 13th in a cabin in the San Berdu Mountains. Oh, my goodness. Either by a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head or burned to death right. when one of the pyrotechnic tear gas canisters nicknamed burners because they catch everything they hit on fire cool they caught on fire after the LAPD fired a few of those into the window 
much like Waco, pretty much standoffs yeah. uh, end in big fires when cops well, get want, involved with this. They wanted this guy dead, yeah. and you know, they wanted rightfully him dead so. The possible. trial would have been terrible if he if he if he had one shred of uh, honesty to him. It is that there is some systemic racism in the LAPD, and the last thing they want is a long trial where someone is screaming about it on the stand. Absolutely, because yeah. then everybody's looking at it twenty. If it's all over the newspapers, right. and it's just all these Becomes attentions a folk on hero. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And of course, Christopher. Dorner's idiotic self-serving rampage didn't change anything in the long run. The legacy he did leave behind is a long, long list of shout-outs at the end of his manifesto. Oh, wow. Let's, Let's, get, go yeah, through. Let's, get, Let's go, go through it. Let's go through it. You know, it's kind of sad I won't be around to view and enjoy The Hangover 3. What an awesome trilogy. Todd Phillips, don't make any more hangovers after the third, takes away the originality of its foundation. World War Z looks good, and The Walking Dead Season 3, second half, looks intriguing. Damn. I am going to miss Shark Week. Hillary Clinton, you'll make one hell of a president in 2016. Much like your husband, Bill, you'll be one of the greatest. Look at Castro in San Antonio as a running mate or possibly secretary of state. He's good people, and I have faith and confidence in him. Look after Bill. He was always my favorite president. Chelsea grew up to be one hell of an attractive woman. <laughs> no disrespect to her husband. No, not okay. Governor Christie, what can I say? You're the only person I would like to see in the White House in 2016 other than Hillary. You're America's no-shit-taking uncle. Do one thing for your wife, kids, and support. Start walking tonight and eat a little less. Not a lot less. Just a little. We want to see you around for a long time. Your leadership is greatly needed. Off the record, I love your new bangs, Mrs. Obama. I didn't vote in this last election as my choice of candidate, John Huntsman, didn't win the primary candidacy for his party. Anderson Cooper, stop nagging and berating your guests. They're your guests. This is amazing. <laughs> Christopher Waltz, you impressed me in Inglorious Bastards. After viewing Django Unchained, I was sold. Dave Brubeck's Take 5 is the greatest piece of music ever, period. Hans Zimmer, William Bell, Eric Clapton, B.B. King, Bob Marley, Sam Cooke, Metallica, Rob Zombie, Nora, Nora Jones, Jones. <laughs> Marvin Gaye, Jay-Z, and King, Louis Armstrong are musical prodigies. Larry David, Kevin Hart, the late Patrice O'Neill, oh. Lisa Lampanelli, Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, Lucy C.K., Dave Chappelle, John Stewart, Wanda Sykes, Dennis Miller, and Jeff Rocks are pure geniuses. I'm a big fan of all your work. Larry David, I agree. 72 to 82 degrees is the way is way too hot in the residence. 68 degrees is perfect. <laughs> I get it is so weird. And that is that's only that's a, a few that is I would say about a third of the shout-outs that he gives. Hey, man, I'm down. Jeff I Ross used, got a shout-out. Yeah, Jeff Ross, yeah, my buddy yeah. Jeff Ross got a shout-out. And I remember when it happened, because I was oh. in L.A. at the time, mm-hmm. and I was with Jeff. It was like me, Eddie, and Jeff hanging out. I literally was just like, she's got a shout-out from Dorner. <laughs> we're all like, woo! Amazing. We're all excited. And we have one more here. Henry, I actually loved your Netflix special yeah, characters. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, Post-mortem. Henry, what would you do with the characters? It was our races. You were obviously playing the character. I got to appreciate that sometimes you step out of line in order to keep the rest of us in line. <laughs> Can't corner the Dorner. <laughs> Cannot corner that. Well, you can. Yeah, you, you can. can. Yeah. He shoots himself or <laughs> you, you, set, you burn down the you building. You set him on set. fire like he's a guinea pig in Indonesia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Turns out you can. And we got one last guy that we don't really got the time to cover because we already did him for two for a fucking two episodes. Yeah. We did two episodes. We did Ted Kaczynski. I will have my revenge. Uh-oh. <laughs> and Ted, 
another reasonable man. He makes a couple of good points about the the emergence of technology in society and how it's taking us further from being human. Every year that goes by, Ted Kaczynski's manifesto gets just a little bit more true. Uh, but the problem with it is that it is the most boring fucking thing I've ever read in my life. Wait a second, but this is one of I want. Let's let have Kessel read one of the yes. more scintillating paragraphs. <laughs> For some reason, I came in today and they're like, Kissel, you're going to read Ted Kaczynski and do it like Kissel. And so I, I don't know what that means. All right. So um, let's see here. So this, you know, he, he uses a lot of large words. I, I gotta say, but there, I, I, okay. So uh, it may be that ext- um, it may be that existentialism is in a large part. It may be that existentialism is in a large part a response to the purple purposelessness of modern life. Very widespread in modern society. Okay. So is the search for fulfillment? But we think... So is the search... But you cut it up all wrong, Marcus. <laughs> is the search for fulfillment, but we think that for the majority of people uh, in activity whose main goal is fulfillment, that is a surrogate activity, does not completely... is does not bring completely satisfactory fulfillment. In other words, it does not fully satisfy the need for the power process. See paragraph 41. <laughs> so I feel like there's a joke on me. Here. It's fucking difficult to shit. And it's yeah. boring as fuck. It, and I, he was stinky as a bastard. Dude, you feel, you really do when you read it, you, you feel like you wandered into the wrong college course. Like right. the, you feel like you wanted the professor that really loves the sound of his own voice. And you're thinks, like week six. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, yeah, you're way, you're past the point of being able to drop the class, and now you're just stuck with Professor Kaczynski. Ugh. 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 All right, so I'll get a bunch of Facebook. Ma- ben can't read. Well, you know what? <laughs> ben can read. We all ben know that Ben read. can read. No, ben know, does dude. very good. He does a whole podcast where he sounds very smart. Uh, Abel can stop at. Well, yeah. No, I know. I do a bunch of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I would say you're probably the most smart on. Oh, I like politics, Henry. I know you. You do. know I like politics, I Henry. Know. Oh my goodness! All right, manifestos. Jesus, I gotta wow. spend. I've spent the last two days reading manifestos. Right? Good you know, God. We, we do this every every episode of of something like this where it's just piles of nonsense. I'm mentally exhausted. Yeah, I have a hard time understanding because also because they're at the height of either schizophrenia or mm. mental anguish. They're not written very well. No, they're no, they're absolutely not. They're disjointed a lot of times. They're rambling. Uh, Tech he worked on his for years. I'd say too long. <laughs> way, <laughs> yeah. way too long. He thought, well, it was all he had to do. Uh, but these guys, you really do. You read this stuff and your brain mm. turns to mush. Speaking of which, I gotta uh, say a big thank you to Megan Fierro, research assistant, who actually read Ted Kaczynski's manifesto and gave us quite a few uh, choice clips from it, some choice excerpts from it, but it's too boring. It's too boring. It's just it's way. Boring. It's just way too boring. Uh, and so I want to thank her for taking the bullet on Ooh. that one. I also uh, want to thank. Uh, Research assistant Alice Bennett, who did a lot of great work on this. Uh, the uh, research assistants have really been killing it lately. Two have already died. <laughs> they actually have. It's really sad. They yeah. die of that Japanese death where they're just too exhausted from work. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Right, right. Death by overwork. Uh, so yeah, th- thanks to, to thanks to the research assistants that have really been helping us out a lot lately. I'm going to tell you this. You know what? Also, 
You don't have to kill to get a manifesto out of your system. Go ahead, write a manifesto, right. keep it in your drafts or email. Just keep it. <laughs> Technically, J.K. Rowling was starting a manifesto. It turned into Harry Potter. It turned into a lovely b- book for nice. kids. Yes. So right, start writing a manifesto. Here's a couple of things that you can start with. There's a couple of topics I like to say. I like to start with. Oh, you're here's gonna a, give them some prompts? Yeah. Here's um to all those who didn't believe in me. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um. My own personal revolution. Good. I think it's a good one. And the other one is, uh, I'm taking you all with me. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Not bad. You just write along those themes and then save them in a draft and then you get them out of your system. Yeah. Get it out of your system. And then after that, maybe try to, I don't know, like, oh, try to convert your manifesto into a concept album. Or go to a bowling alley and bowl. <laughs> do people still do that? I Co- think so. Concept albums? Absolutely. Bowling alleys. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and uh, supporting the Patreon page. Of we course. Do that. Uh, yeah, patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. Uh, we're getting really close to our goal of uh, 10000 a month. Oh and, of course, God. as we said, if we get that uh, 10000 a month, then pretty much like the, everything will be self-sufficient. It paid for yeah. itself. Uh, we will be able to make last podcast a top priority. And speaking of which, and we'll be able to take yes. a lot more live shows. And speaking of which, Uh-oh. God Damn, we've got so many live shows all across America coming up this summer. Uh, The big one that we got right now is Los Angeles. We are coming to Los Angeles on July 16th. We're going to be at the Crest Westfield Theater doing a live showing and live commentary of one of the best horror movies that has ever existed and one of the first horror movies that has ever existed, Haxon. All right, but before that, we got to go to my wonderful land of the Midwest. We're going to Chicago. Chicago We're going to Chicago. Yeah, we already sold out the first show. We yep. added a second show. It's going to be our children's matinee. And now and that it's, it's children's matinee in name only. It's understand not... what it is that we do. <laughs> understand yeah. what it is that you if you bring a child, you're, b- you're a bad you. parent. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely on you. But and I'll entertain your child. <laughs> hmm. yeah. oh, okay. I don't mean suck its cock. No. All right, all right. But that's a good indication of how our show is. So yes. remember that when you if you do have a child. But just Google last spot. I don't have the exact. Uh, the exact information right now. Just Google last podcast on the left Chicago yes. tickets and you'll be able to find us there. Uh, if you want tickets for our Los Angeles show, get those soon. We are close to selling out that show. Uh, yeah. And by the way, that Haxon showing, it's going to be our own cut uh, and I'm going to be doing a custom soundtrack for that movie because it's He's a so silent excited. It's a silent film. I'm super excited for that. We're going to start work on that real soon. It's going to be a really and uh, we're going to have a band play beforehand called The Real Players. I just sent them a list of of a ton of different really cool songs from cool. horror movies. They're already starting to work on it. Uh, I made sure to put some Iron Maiden in there. They Sweet. said uh, they can fucking handle it. Are you going to do what evil men do? Uh, they're going to do Run to the Hills, but I can also get them to do what evil men do. Fuck what yeah, about man. Sarah McLachlan? Uh, in the arms of the angels. You know, I lost my virginity to Sarah McLaughlin. You did? Yeah, it wasn't my choice. No, <laughs> oh, no, no. The, my the girl, The girl that I was with, she was a college freshman. I was uh, a junior in high school, and she thought that she wanted to make it special for me. Ugh, in the uh, arms I of just, the angels? Yeah, you're fucking a dead woman. Yeah, no, I was going to say a crying dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was back, this was 1998, Before she sold it to the... Yeah, before she sold it to the ASPs. Sold ASP. out. She yeah. did sell out to the ASPs. Totally. She really, I mean, she's Ugh. making bank off of that. Totally sold out. Uh, but the live shows, yeah. we've got 
uh, we can't announce them just yet because they're not officially booked. But we've got some really cool shit all over the country uh, yes. coming up. Um, uh, follow us on Instagram at LP on the left, and you can follow me on Instagram at Doctor Fantasti. I know Kissel is it. I'm just working a new on one. it. Um, and Marcus is at Marcus Parks. Yeah, and you can also listen to uh, my music show, The Lucky Bone Show. I, if you go to Mixcloud.com/slash Marcus Parks. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. I mean, I am on Instagram at Ben Kissel One. I just forgot my password. I don't know how to get it. You got to read. Just change your password. Yeah, but then the, yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, Everybody forgot. Can, I mean, you could just click a button that says "forgot password" and they send you a new password to your yeah, email. Yeah, where am I sending it to? To your exactly. email. Oh. It's, there's a lot of complications. <laughs> don't don't confuse like, him. Yeah. I'm on Twitter at Henry Loves You. Um, also, follow me on Snapchat, I guess. Oh, yeah. you're doing Snapchat? I've now? sent out like three of them. I, I heard know Snapchat was out. I don't know I what heard it was not. out. I'm I don't out. really it's care. Tol- it's totally out. Yeah, yeah. All of these comedians are saying like, oh, I guess I got to get on Snapchat now. It's out. It's out. You guys are, you, you missed the boat. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I don't uh, want to. I like Instagram. Uh, and if you want your very own last podcast on the left t-shirt, go to cavecomedyradio.com slash merch. And I guess we haven't uh, done a show since the last live show. Thanks so much for everyone who came out to the Creek in the Cave. It was yeah. a wonderful show and everyone is always incredible. And uh, for supporting all the shows here on CCR, we are crushing it. Uh, Marcus and I do Able Against Top Hat. As mentioned, that's politics. It's so fun this year. Yeah. Uh, Roundtable of Gentlemen. Get drunk with your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, sex and Other Human Activities. Where and I page talk, seven. Yeah, Sex and the Human Activities, where I elaborate more on those weird things I was talking about earlier without thinking I uh, people could read my thoughts. It's a mental health advice show. I am qualified to give it because... You got 100% <laughs> sane. Hail yourselves. Oh, and also, uh, page seven, uh, this, uh, the last few weeks, uh, and the next week or so, Henry is guesting on page seven with uh, his sister Jackie and, and myself. And it's cute It's and fun. cute. It's cute and fun. We're talking celebrity news. So I do to- feel like I end up getting too real on it. Like, no. I bring too real to page seven, and then I get conspiracy talk, and then you and Jackie look at me like I'm like I'm crazy. Well, I bring it back to the center. Any, any good Busey news? Uh, Busey! Busey's doing fine. Good. I He's alive. Him. He's alive. He's uh, a lot more alive than Prince. <laughs> All right. Very All right, nice. Prince. Heil Gein. Heil Gein. Hail me. Hail Satan. Magustalations. A big Magustalations. Hey, believe in yourself, okay? Except. Except for when you're going to go out and kill, then just stop. Never believe in yourself when it comes to crime. They got it. <laughs> for more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.